guys, we are back with another episode of the Tenfold Podcast. Yes, and oh, wait, what I think, should I say? What are you okay, let's say like I think following up on our episode last week where we talked about how Australia is the best place in the world, mm-hmm. we want to talk about one of the things that people I think often hear about Australia. Like I think a lot of people and they're like, oh, I'm traveling there. I'm going to move there. One of the first things you hear is like, oh, Australia is really racist. And so that's like one of the things that we've both were a bit worried about before we moved here. So we want to kind of talk about our experiences in Australia and also experiences like back home in Toronto and kind of comparing the two. Um, mm-hmm. So this week we also brought on one of our friends, Shadi, yeah. who I met in my first year of law school. Um, so she's also experienced the Toronto side of things and the Aussie side of things. Uh, so we want to get a little third party perspective in there. Um, yeah. And we actually recorded this. Oh, sorry, go. <laughs> I was just going to say, Shadi's a human rights activist lawyer. Is that correct? Yes, That's the name. she is. And, and a children's rights, but children are human. <laughs> yes. And she was born in Iran, but moved to Canada when she was eight years old. So she talks like a lot about her experience. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we had that conversation, which you'll hear coming up before all this stuff happened in the US with um, George Floyd. And then I think the stuff with Ahmed Aubrey had happened before that. Um, so there's just all this, it's a big topic right now, I think, across the world, especially because it's just come into the spotlight again. Um, and obviously, yeah, we- I think with racism, like it is one of those topics that I think people shy away from a lot because you're scared of saying the wrong thing or coming across like the wrong way. But I think with this coming up so constantly in the U.S., it's like it's not something you can shy away from. And it's one of those things where we have to talk about it and you have to like bring it into conversations and share your experiences and like make sure everyone is aware and like understands about it just so that these things happen less and less. Because I think the whole point is it is it has been hidden and like all these videos coming up are what's actually like bringing it to the surface more. Yeah. So we don't actually talk about what has just happened. Um, but we talked about, we recorded this before everything happened, but we are talking about kind of the subtleties that we experienced growing up in Canada, which everyone knows is a, a much less racist country than the States, but it is close by and you can still feel these, there's these undertones and like what you were saying, Tori, about a way to combat racism? Um, Yeah, so I was reading some articles about everything. And one of the things a lot of people were saying was it's not enough to just be not racist. You have to be anti-racist. So that is like pointing out when you see racism, having the conversations, researching, like checking yourself. Because I think no matter what we like to believe, we are all racist in some ways. Like I think we've all had experiences in our lives where we've made an assumption about someone or like, you know, like there's, it's just impossible not to be, I think, because there's so much from society and media and stuff that's kind of like programmed us into like thinking certain ways. So I think it's really important to like look within yourself, especially because I think a lot of the time when the conversation of racism comes up, the first thing is people are like, like, I'm not racist. And like, you just get defensive. But I think it's important to not just revert to that and to just yeah look into yourself and see where you are racist and and work on that and educate yourself and try and help educate other people around you and it's just kind of that effect where like the more knowledge we have the more everyone can combat it I guess but yeah it's hard and it can be confronting it can be like complicated but it's something that we obviously have to do because like 
the stuff that's happening in the U.S. is crazy and it's not, it's just not right. No, and we don't really experience it so much here in Australia, which we talk about later. And that's kind of also one of the reasons why we left Canada was to not have that feeling anymore. Mm. Um, But we can't all go to Australia. So (laughs) yeah, I think it's an important conversation to have. And I think yeah, so. just tune into our chat with Shadi. Um, it's really interesting. It's a lot lighter than our intro, basically. So um, you won't feel down after. Yes, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, but yeah, enjoy. Hi, Shadi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> good. We're Thanks all just dealing with a cold snap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we're all kind of surviving right right now. Yes, definitely. Thank you for having me. <laughs> We're excited. It's good. Yeah, I think like, because like the three of us have talked about this a lot, like mm. in private. So when we were talking about doing a podcast on this topic, we were like, oh, we have to get Shadi on to, to like get your perspective too. Um, and yeah, so the one of the first things I wanted to talk about was kind of like this idea of like what it was like to grow up um, non-white in Canada, especially because mm. now I feel like um, I think for all of us having moved to Australia and having this other experience, it's like, it kind of like gives you this thing to compare against. And I, I feel like it's, it's brought up a lot of stuff in me where I realized that like there is a difference um, depending on where you are. And definitely. And I think Toronto, because it's like known as one of the most multicultural cities in the world too, it has like certain expectations around that or people will be like, Oh, you're from Toronto. Like Canada so accepting or so there's like a lot of ideas. Yeah. There's a lot of assumptions like on it. your, on yeah. yourself too. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know, Shadi, if you want to give like a little intro about like where you were born and maybe when you came to Canada or like, just kind of like your, <laughs> your little story. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I was born in Iran, um, in Southern Iran. And then I came to Canada when I was eight. Um, I'm trying to think about my experience in Canada growing up yeah. as an immigrant, but I think to be honest, we grew up in an immigrant neighborhood. neighborhood yeah. So I think for us, everybody was an immigrant. <laughs> that was the norm. And I know in, in, in Toronto, for sure, that there are, I think they say that the majority of people are immigrants, right? Yeah. But we're not really in the minority. We're, it's kind of like the majority, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. For me, I don't, I'm trying to think if I had any experiences. That did you speak English of, when you came over or did you learn English? No, no, I didn't speak English. So, so actually, hard. I mean, there were definitely tough times. I think it took me about a year or eight months mm-hmm. to learn English. Mm-hmm. But at that time, I don't think there were a lot of people in my class. I was in grade three. I don't think there were a lot of people who spoke Farsi. So I had okay. to learn English. Okay. I didn't yeah. have a choice. And so but you I went straight remember... into school not speaking English. Exactly. It would have been and intense. I, yeah. I remember it was intense because it was terrifying, right? Because mm-hmm. I think I remember people like the other students stealing my pencil case or my pens or kicking me under the seat and just you know (laughs) maybe like small incidents like that where maybe it wouldn't have been that big of a deal but then add that you can't even speak and you can't express yourself yeah if you don't understand anything that's happening Mm -hmm. but I think afterwards like over the next couple years I spoke English better and I became fluent I think it did become easier and I think I was a kid right so my experience was definitely different than my parents maybe coming over in their forties and not being able to speak the language, not being able to get a job, you know, all those things. Yeah. I think I was able to assimilate a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, 
just going up in that neighborhood with every when everybody's an immigrant it kind of were there a lot of people from Iran as well or was it a mix of everyone? I don't think there were at that time I think it was me and maybe one other student and I don't think he spoke Farsi so there was never mm. you know that ability to like communicate with him really yeah that's a- yeah, well, we grew up in like a, the probably I think the whitest neighborhood yeah. you can <laughs> in Toronto. <laughs> like literally, like yeah. everybody was white. So in school, like the school that I went to, um, like from junior kindergarten to like grade eight or something, like you would know who like the kids who weren't white were in each mm-hmm. grade, which would be wow. like three other kids, and then everyone else was like kind of British background or something like that, and it was really. Um, but I didn't really know that I was different. That was well, the we thing. Didn't know any, it was like, we didn't know anything different. So you kind of just were like, oh, like, I don't even think I realized how white our neighborhood really was until once I think I saw like a black family walking down the street. And I was like, that's weird. Cause I just had never seen that before, but I like never mm-hmm. realized really. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just remember like, I also, I didn't realize that I didn't look like my friends or like I didn't see that difference but I didn't know that they did see that difference um Mm. one of the questions I wanted to ask both of you is like uh well if you if you did feel different like when did you first know that or like when did you were you made aware of that I think I'm kind of like you where I didn't like obviously I knew like I was half Japanese and half Serbian but like I didn't yeah, I didn't factor in that I actually looked different, but I feel like there were like subtle comments here and there where someone would be like, you're really dark or like something about being tanned or like, I think some guy at the playground once was like, said something about me being like burnt toast or like, I don't know, there's something like (laughs) random I remember like about toast. Um, But like, I don't, yeah, I I didn't really like, I kind of just thought I was white in a lot of ways or like didn't even think about it as, yeah, yeah. I think that's very interesting because I have definitely had comments like Mm. that. Sometimes, I mean, they say it like it's a positive thing. I think people are like, oh, you're so olive skinned. Mm. And they're like, but what is your background? And sometimes I tell people I'm Canadian and then they still, they want to inquire further and they want to ask me, no, but what are you actually? Or, and I remember when I was traveling before I went to maybe Nicaragua or Spain and people were asking me, where are you from? I said, Canada, obviously, because I was traveling from Canada. And then people would be like, no, but really, like, what is your background? Yeah. And then, so what are you underneath that, you know? Yeah. I and, remember a teacher in high school. Oh, sorry. Do you no, make- go ahead. <laughs> oh, I had a teacher in high school, like, just, I forget why, but she, like, stopped the class and looked at me and she just said, what are you? And I remember I was, like, I almost cried because I felt so upset. Like, I just so it was like so weird and it was weird for a teacher to do that. Like, it's like kind of like a single you out and like, yeah. 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 And like, it wasn't in a nice way. It was like, I, like, I'm really confused by you. Like what is going on here? Yeah. 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 I think I really hate that question. What are you? I'm like, I feel like I've gotten that a lot. And like, sometimes you can just brush it off. You're like, you know, people are probably just curious or whatever, but like, it can be really triggering because it's like that thing where it's like, you know, someone's trying to like figure you out almost because they see that you're different. Like it's not, yeah, it makes you feel like an alien where it's like, what am I? Like, I don't know. Like, why are you asking? Yeah, 
but I think for them it makes it easier to kind of put you in a box maybe or to know how they should be frustrating though yeah yeah, categorize you because I think people have definitely asked me that before and then they're like then that this means that you're this this means that you're Muslim or this means that you're you know or that your family's super conservative or it means all these things actually I mean maybe I'm none of those things or maybe it's just different right every Mm -hmm. person's family is different Um, one of the things that I always, I have a few situations like this, like growing up, but um, I remember this friend of mine, uh, I forget what happened, but we were just like in the schoolyard and then we were talking about something and she was like, I know I'm not racist because I'm friends with you and you're black. And I remember I was like, what am I? And I was like, am I black? I don't know. And like, it was like a bunch of things because first it was like, oh, is black bad? for Because of the way that she kind of said it. Like, I'm friends with you, like, despite the fact. Like, that's what it felt like. And and um and I was like also like I was like but I'm also not black like like what like what are all like I just it was really interesting to like see what how she was feeling about me or like feeling about and like what they were thinking and I feel like that happened a lot in my school growing up where I always thought that we were all the same but then someone would say something that would make me realize that they thought of me differently like and it was like felt like it was in something unsaid but it was always there and I didn't know that they were always thinking that like so it's like they no one would say anything necessarily like super overtly but they were all thinking it and that was like a weird thing where I was like oh like so they notice and think that I'm different from them but I didn't know I thought we were all the same yeah that was like really interesting and that happened to me a lot like those kinds of comments yeah and I think because you were in that school for a lot longer than I was like I went to a different school when I was like eight and then that school was a lot more multicultural so there were like kids Mm -hmm. like a lot of different kids around there so I feel like I had less of that like in my I guess like main years of (laughs) childhood yeah like like development and stuff yeah like I was exposed to more people and I didn't like stick out as much because they were just like Mm -hmm. a lot of other different people yeah Mm -hmm. um and do you guys think like it ever made you act differently or react differently or do anything differently? You know what? I don't know if it did for me. I mean, I think um, even thinking back, I, yeah, I had experiences, maybe a few experiences where people commented on my color or my skin color to be like, Oh, you're like us, you're Brown or you're like us. You're like olive skinned or you're like, you know, but um, I think it was actually, it's going to sound funny, but I think it was actually in law school when it mm-hmm. became even more apparent when everybody was talking about um, how there are no women in, or there are no, sorry, there's no diversity in the legal profession. Mm-hmm. And then I think it became even more blatant. And then I think I started, you know, thinking about how does this actually affect me? Mm-hmm. And, and should I be acting different? And what like what happens when somebody sees my name on a resume or a cover letter? Oh, yeah, and all yeah, those yeah. things that come up. But I think before that, it didn't really phase me at all because it was mm-hmm. just it just seemed like the norm, right? Everybody I knew was an immigrant, yeah, <laughs> so it just yeah. didn't phase me. But I think afterwards in law school, when everybody was saying, "Oh, but there's no diversity, and you're never going to make partner because all the partners are you know Caucasian," then I started actually thinking Wait, about who like, said oh, that like just people that you other students or like your professors or I think everybody I think the professors wow. said it I think yeah. they did polls to see 
and, and even when you would look at the website for some of these law firms, you would yeah. see that. Looking at the website, really, it was just like all like 50-year-old white men. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's not good. Um, I just was thinking, like, sorry, not related to law school, but when you were saying, oh, did it make you think any differently growing up? I realized like a lot of the comments that I did get weren't like necessarily like race specific, but a lot of people would be like, oh, you have a really big nose or like your lips are really big. So it's like comments on features that are probably more ethnic, I guess like ethnic, you would say. Yeah. yeah. So those things definitely made me like more insecure as a kid. Like I would definitely think about it and sometimes like, oh, I should try and like hide my nose or like something where like, <laughs> not that you <laughs> can do anything about that, nose. but it's like something that you... Yeah. Like I wouldn't yeah. have thought of unless people had actually pointed it out as something that's like different or like yeah I had the same thing yeah um actually it was funny though my like bullies when I was younger who used to say that my nose was too big or my lips mm-hmm. were too big were the other um like ethnic people in my class it was actually two different Korean girls and they were like the two other people in school that or in yeah. my grade that were different so that was I thought was really interesting mm. like. I like wonder bull, if that's like, like being amongst us. Yeah, like trying to take away attention from, from your own differences <laughs> to like focus on someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, did you guys have any like role model, like beauty role models or stuff like that growing up? Like, who did you look up to? Because I know for me, that was one of the things like I, like all my friends were like mm. white and blonde or like light haired and stuff. And so, like, when we would do makeup or when we do any of that stuff or like the celebrities that we liked, like, um for a long time yeah I had a like I didn't really have a role model I guess I don't know if I thought about it that much I feel like you were probably my role model because you were my older sister so I was like oh but I remember loving um I was really in love with Terry Hatcher and like Superman but she had like dark hair so maybe that was part of it I feel <laughs> I like, like you are Terry Hatcher-ish <laughs> but yeah I think that was probably me identifying at least as someone who was like oh dark haired and like <laughs> yeah yeah I think um I probably just I mean, but this is later on, maybe, like Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Jennifer Beyonce. Lopez was my first person, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, those were the only ones, I think, really, mm-hmm. who didn't look like everybody else. Yeah, and I, I think remember it, seeing, oh, sorry. Go. No, I think it was kind of, um, it was, I think, going back to what Tori was saying, I think, absolutely, it was hard. It was hard looking different, for sure. Even in an immigrant neighborhood, <laughs> it was still hard <laughs> looking different because, I think I have curly hair and it's always just so big and I didn't know what to do with it when I was younger and it was cut really short. So it was just a disaster. <laughs> but I think that always made I me remember. feel really insecure. Yeah. I remember one when Jennifer Lopez started to get really popular and she had curly hair and then everyone at school started trying to get their hair curly and put like mousse in, even if they didn't have curly hair, you know, and like uh-huh. you'd go to bed with like wet hair and put mousse in and hope you'd wake up with like some curls. <laughs> <laughs> It was like the first beginning of that. Um, I remember though with Jennifer Lopez, it was like, I saw her on the cover of InStyle magazine. And it was like, when I saw that, I went and bought that issue. And I literally was like, I am going to do everything I can to look like this person. Because I just thought she looked amazing. I remember and that. she had, yeah, I like, I still have, I'm sure it's still at our parents' house. Cause that was like so formative for me, like in my high school years mm-hmm. or whenever that was like, and she had like highlights in her hair. And like, it was like someone that I was like, I can do my makeup like that. I can do like everything like she does. And she like is amazing. Yeah. And that just like finally gave me someone to copy. Cause otherwise, yeah, I just, I remember I'd always 
we got dressed up like with our friends like we'd all just wear the same makeup but I would put like red lipstick on and then like black eyeliner it just looked so on my face like yeah like (laughs) just not like so heavy or so all these things just didn't match right and then it was like a a guiding light to be like oh I can look really pretty too like yeah just do this and I think actually when Shakira, I do actually remember oh, yeah. when Shakira oh. came out and she had curly hair. Yeah. And I remember, I think that was like oh, one of the first amazing. times when I yeah. thought, oh my God, you can actually be really beautiful and have curly hair and not look like the norm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's huge. And that also brings me to why I actually love the Kardashians, even though <laughs> I, I don't like... I, I honestly, I feel really sorry for Kim and for all of them because I do think, I don't actually think that they're happy right now. And no. I think that they have cr- like the craziest insecurities and like, like obsession with how they look and yeah, yeah. body dysmorphia and all of this kind of stuff. And you can see it. Like I can see the anxiety in Kim, like whenever I see yeah. like things with her. But when they came out too, like they, I think Jennifer Lopez, Lopez was like the beginning of it. She like normalized like that kind of Latin culture coming in and the Latin female and stuff. And then the Kardashians were just actually I've I've seen interviews where Kim Kardashian said that Jennifer Lopez was also her person that she like looked to and and influenced her and like finally someone different that was more like her. And but they brought in like the idea of like glamorizing um being like looking more ethnic I guess like having a big butt having curves right having bigger lips like um like accentuating those things and they changed the cultural landscape like that none of that was popular or like and not and now it's like obviously people should, like I don't know how I feel about fillers or like all yeah. that stuff or like there's body dysmorphia to that end too but it's not so much like being anorexically skinny anymore or being like you know there's there's a lot of different things you can be now and be attractive. And I do think that they brought that kind of like into the popular culture in a way that hadn't been done before. Um, Yeah. I think now it kind of shows you that there's no one measure of beauty and there are, there are just so many different things, right? It's a wide spectrum and you can be from one end to the other. And I think that is actually kind of beautiful and it's so accepting, right? Mm -hmm. I think, like you said before Alex too it's like especially having Instagram now and stuff has changed so much because it's like you can people now can find anyone who like looks like them like you know it's like there's so much you're more available to you to see and like it's it has changed a lot of things like even Rihanna with her like Fenty beauty line that has like 800 shades or whatever now like that type of stuff like it's it is changing definitely like models of all sizes um and one of the things I want to talk about because I know we've I don't know if I talk with you Shadi, about it but Tori and I've talked about it is like when we went to university and stuff and like when you start to try and date guys and like feeling attractive or feeling like I know uh for me I always felt like people it was like you're attractive because you're exotic but I felt like I was like put into this other category it wasn't just like regular attractive it was like I always had to have this like extra tag on me it's where you're um, more of like an object almost I think like yeah yeah I I absolutely have had that <laughs> yeah. oh god it's so I feel like with almost every single guy I've dated <laughs> yeah. I think every like guy who's maybe like white and he's like mm. you know when we go out and then they think that you're so different and I think they expect you to be a certain way and I think sometimes honestly people are disappointed that I'm not more quote-unquote ethnic because (laughs) they expect me to be a certain way and I think they want me 
and, and they say, oh, in your culture, do you think blah, blah, blah? And I just, I think to myself, well, actually, we're from the same culture. <laughs> yeah. Like when I was in Canada, when I was dating guys and they would ask me things um, about my family, I think they were a little disappointed to hear that, like, my parents weren't really religious at all. Mm-hmm. Um, we just did the same things. We, we obviously, we did celebrate, like, Eid, like, um, yeah. the Persian New Year, but mm-hmm. we didn't. We also celebrated Christmas and we did Thanksgiving dinner, but like with our own, you know, our own version of it. Like my mom yeah. would make yeah. rice and Persian food yeah, side by true. side with like the turkey, but it was just. We always have me, sushi. Like, yeah. Christmas Eve. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Tori, you told me about when you went to Laurier. Yeah, Laurier is like a bit of a shock for me because like I said, like my like middle school and high school were pretty multicultural and then I went to uni and there were obviously other like ethnic people there, but I feel like the group that I was around in like my floor, like my, it was pretty much everyone was blonde (laughs) and then there was me and then I just felt like a lot of people were from, I think like smaller towns outside of Toronto and a lot of smaller towns in Canada, I think are like more just Mm -hmm. white people. Um, so yeah, it was just like weird being, I don't, I think that was the first time I really felt very othered and like, especially since that's when I started to like go out and like try and meet guys and we'd go out dancing and all that stuff. And like, I got the question, like, what are you so many times? Cause everyone just wanted to know my background, which like sometimes is flattering. Cause like you, like, you know, you're young, you're trying to meet boys and it's like nice to have some sort of attention, yeah. but it's also, it also makes you think that people yeah, they are trying to put you in that box or classify you or figure it out. And like, I had the feeling that I was like this exotic mystery to a lot of guys, but like not someone they would ever actually date or like Mm -hmm. be in a relationship with almost because it was like too different for them or that sort of thing. And it was just, yeah, I don't know. I I couldn't even always articulate it or understand it, but there was definitely that feeling of like being other, um, and yeah, actually, I, when we went to law school, I started thinking about it because like my friends from high school were pretty much all white, like in general. And then law school, like I met Shadi and we, a lot of our friends are like Asian or like just different ethnicities. Um, and I, it was weird going out after that because like when I went out with my high school friends, I'd be like, oh, I wonder how people see me in this group of white people versus how people see me in my law school group. Like, do they feel mm-hmm. like I'm more ethnic in one group? And then the other group I would come off as more white or like you know like it's just interesting to see kind of what the different reactions would be or if someone would like write me off in one group but not the other yeah I think there's just so much complexity to it all I I always felt like there was a weird like rating system almost like Mm. especially when I was in uni because it also was super super white like more so because it was also a small town um in Canada and yeah I just remember feeling like also it was at a time where like Britney Spears was really popular like it was like this whole thing of like a certain a real certain kind of look and everyone was trying to look like that like that was the thing I tried to look like that like I dyed my hair like blondish right Mm -hmm. and I lightened my eyebrows and did all this stuff to like feel more like that even though I didn't look like that at all and um yeah I just always felt like almost like I got like less actually sorry why I think it's the rating system is actually because this Canadian guy um, that we used to know who had who moved from Toronto to um, Australia and we met in Bondi he once said to me like that I he told me like what my rating was or something and I was like what do you mean rating and he do you remember no I don't want to say his name you know who I'm talking about though okay. right I think so, maybe <laughs> there's only one Canadian guy that that you met okay. in Bondi and then we were friends with him oh yeah yeah 
Yeah. And he like told me that what my rating was or something. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, oh, you know, cause like this, this, and this, and told me this kind of whole rating system. And I remember when he described it to me, I was like, this is exactly what I have always felt like everyone in Canada when I was there thought, but no one would say it. And I, I felt like there was this system to it, at least like in the uni that I went to and the, and the High school that I went to and like all that kind of stuff and I don't know Wait, if that so was like was a subculture system yeah what is there <laughs> oh just like how hot you were would depend on this this and this and this kind of thing like and it wasn't um yeah and like what made you like cool or whatever yeah. it was and then I was just like oh this is exactly I just felt like in Canada that was always happening but it just wasn't really talked about and then when he said it out loud I was like it is true (laughs) I was like that's what and also I was super triggered by it because I was like I moved to Australia to not have to deal with that but like I felt like you always had like a certain value put on you based Mm. on certain things although now I think it would be I think it would be different um but like at the time like in uni it was like if you were if you were blonde if you were skinny if you were like this and that then like immediately you would be a 10 and then, like, if you had other things, like, you could still be super attractive and, like, brunette. But if you were blonde, you just rise above the brunette or whatever. Like, there was just this weird thing. And, like, it was, yeah, you could just feel like when you went out to a bar or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I've definitely, I think people have told me that before. And I think sometimes when I've watched movies, I've definitely felt like that. Like, you have the blonde bombshell, right? Yeah, and then, yeah. But then everybody else is kind of, you know... Like, and then (laughs) they make it seem like, oh, the the brunettes are kind of bland or whatever. Yeah. It's like these stereotypes. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think I had, so one of the things was like, when I moved to Australia, actually, no. So first of all, I think growing up, I always had this like acute awareness that I was different. Right. And it was from things people would say to me or like, and I realized that I felt like everyone else was all not always thinking about how I was different, but when I was with other people, there was always a line for them of like, well, mm-hmm. Alex is like this, but I'm like this, right? Which yeah. I was like made aware of by things that they said. And then um, also being like mixed race, right? Like half Japanese, half Serbian, but then growing up in Canada, um, we never, like Tori and I never felt like we were actually Japanese or Serbian. I remember I used to think I'm Japanese, I'm Japanese. But then when we went to Japan, when we were older, we were like, oh, we're not Japanese. Well, <laughs> we don't, don't look like anyone here. Like we, I thought I did, but then when I went, yeah. I was like, I'm not. You feel like they you would never would think never, I was them. Yeah, like, that's the thing too. Like even if you wanted to, you kind of feel like you would never actually fit into either culture. Like you're not enough of one or the yeah. other. And then you're also not Canadian because people will be like, but where are you really from? <laughs> like, exactly. exactly. And so when I went to Costa Rica though, and I remember I never, like, I didn't know what it was going to be like there or like any of this stuff. When we went there, I have never felt so at peace with myself. Like it was the first time. And because people thought I was Costa Rican, right. (laughs) And they would speak to me in Spanish and everyone was like so nice. And like everyone kind of like, because there's a lot of mixedness there. Like you can tell there's lots of people have different backgrounds. Like like you could see like little bits of Asian or like, Definitely. yeah, just like di- lots of different things. Um, and, and so it was just, I felt so great. Like, I was like, I feel great. I love myself. I love being somewhere where I feel like I fit in or I look like I fit in or I didn't realize how um, liberating it would be, mm. but it was, it really like let me breathe for a bit. Yeah. I think, um, going back to what you were saying like about identity and everything I think as an immigrant I absolutely 
felt like that because um, I think people always want to know what you are. And then they're asking you, so if you're Iranian, I mean, I don't know, or they think maybe you're not Iranian enough or maybe you're not Canadian enough. And I think when I went back to mm -hmm. Iran, they were like, oh, you're so different from us. My cousins would say that. They're like, oh, you're yeah. so Canadian. Look at the way you talk. Look at the way you dress. But then when I was in Canada, I felt like they were like, oh, you're so Iranian. Or maybe you're not Iranian enough. Other Iranian people would tell yeah. me, oh, yeah. but you don't talk like an Iranian or you're not, you know, you don't have the same cultural values. So I think it mm -hmm. was like you never really fit in anywhere. Yeah, but definitely. What you said about going to um, Costa Rica, I think in some places, maybe it's just more acceptable. And maybe people are just more aware that there is more diversity there, right? Mm -hmm. Because nobody, like, I don't know. I wonder, too, sometimes with Canada, like, I don't feel like there's as much of a Canadian culture, like, collectively. You know That's what I mean? True, like, actually, there's not yeah. that many traditions we have or things that bring us all together to be able to make us be like, we feel really Canadian. Like, yeah, I just don't feel like there's that binding like I don't meet other Canadians all the time and then have all these things in common or like a real yeah. like I think it might yeah, be a Toronto true. thing though maybe, I feel like because we're yeah. all from Toronto because sometimes I think maybe if we were from like Saskatchewan we would feel different if we met other Saskatchewan people maybe. <laughs> but that's what I like to like I don't know I, think, I hope yeah. I'm sure there <laughs> are ways. like I'm sure many Canadians would disagree I mean, and think that they're yeah there are so but maybe because Toronto is so like diverse then it's hard because there's not that yeah um, but also I wanted to say, I think also with that rating system and all that stuff, I think because like kind of the issues that I had growing up in Toronto too is like, it's, they rate everything there. I feel like, like with I, your job, I you know, everyone wants say, to know what you like do right away. Like and white in those, yeah. everything, it is job, it's your house, we're suburbs. Like just everything yeah. gets put into some kind of box. And with, with Costa Rica, it wasn't just because I looked like everyone else and no one ever asked me like, whoa, like they just would speak to me in Spanish or whatever. But they also, no one cares what you do. <laughs> no one, no one was trying to put me in any box at any point. And I think that was the first time that I had that feeling in general. Yeah, that's, that was so nice. that's pretty liberating, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then moving to Australia also, because I, that one of my big worries about Australia was before I went, like one of the main things that people would warn me about is they would say, yeah, like poisonous animals or whatever, poisonous insects and <laughs> reptiles and stuff. Um, and they would say, and they're racist. Like, are you sure you want to go there? Like, you know, they're really racist. They're really racist against, against Asians and all this kind of stuff. And so I, I was like a bit fearful when I came over here, what it was going to be like, but I honestly have never have felt that feeling in that way like I have felt really accepted and not because people don't notice if I like look different but it's just I've been trying to figure out like what that is I don't think Aussies are as black and white or like wanting to put people in a box in the same way or like having to classify and understand everything like I feel like they're just a lot cruisier and it is a bit more of almost like the Costa Rica mindset in some ways where it's just like oh you're a person cool like yeah. <laughs> and you've done these things yeah. yeah yeah I kind of agree I mean I've been here so let's say two years now and I don't think I've ever had an experience where anybody really where I felt like you know they were making any judgments about me or anything like that but also I we live in Bond I live in Bondi right now. Yeah. And everybody is from somewhere else. So I mean 
There's so many exactly. people from South America, from Europe, from everywhere, right? So I don't think I would even be able to experience that. And also Sydney is such a big, you know, such a big city. So I don't think you would experience that. Mm-hmm. But I definitely, I definitely heard that before, that yeah. there's so much racism here. Um, my friend's Iranian uh, also, and she was living down in Wollongong, which is like, is it an hour south of Sydney? Mm. Um, and that's like a small town and stuff. And she, when she moved down there, her partner was doing like a residency for medical school or whatever it was. And um, she was like, oh, it's so like small down there. There's nothing to do, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, and it's so weird because everyone's so white. And so she was like, it's so strange. And I was like, oh, what's that been like? And she said, you know, like, people will ask me like, wow, like you're really brown or like they'll say mm-hmm. stuff that you might be like, oh, if you, but she said, but they're so, um, it's so good natured and more like a curiosity and like, yeah. oh, like they really just want to know, like they want to know, oh, like what's Iran? <laughs> like what's this and this? Like, <laughs> but it's not, um, she's like, there's nothing behind it. It's not like, uh, like with malice or ill will. It's like, it really is just a curiosity and just not not being ex- not having that exposure yet or something mm. which i thought was interesting yeah i'd say aussies are definitely less like politically correct which is probably part of what people would be like oh they're more racist or more of that and like maybe they're just more, more overt about that stuff but i yeah i don't feel like i don't feel the same undertones here as i would in toronto i think in terms of racism like i feel like there's almost more tension in toronto or more yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I I know what you mean. Yeah, I don't know what why. Do you think, I, mean, do you? I mean, to me, it almost seems like I feel like it's more diverse here than Toronto. But also, again, take into account taking into account my neighborhood and everything yeah. like that. But yeah. it's to me like it's absolutely beautiful. I actually love it. I think it's so great <laughs> to go outside and hear French and Spanish, and you know, yeah. I yeah. just love it. I think to me, like I'm like this is exactly where I belong. <laughs> I actually looked up um, stats for the, we just did a podcast on like why we love Australia, which is like the last one. And that's why we wanted to talk about it this time, like the race stuff. Um, But I looked up some stats and they were saying that Australia, I think it's 33% of people are coming from somewhere else. I think that was it. And then in Canada though, it was like 21%. Really? So it was actually different. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I I was shocked too. I was really shocked, but I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, Yeah, and those were like pretty recent stats. Um, Yeah, I looked up a bunch of stats for Queensland the other day uh, for work actually, but it's like, yeah, so one in five Queenslanders were born overseas and they Mm. speak 180 languages, which is huge. Wow. That's so cool for such a small place too. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, I don't know. I'm just like, so if anyone is listening to this and they're thinking about moving to Australia, (laughs) you will feel very welcome and you won't feel, most likely you won't feel like at least racially profiled in some way. I actually, I think also because, because of that whole Australia not being politically correct, Mm -hmm. um, I think I would rather be somewhere that's less politically correct, but people are more honest or just... I don't know, yeah. like they they don't, they haven't really needed to be yet. So whereas like in Canada, I felt like it was too politically correct. And it's almost like we don't talk about it, but it's there. It's there, but, but we're under a rug. Yeah. yeah, but you're not allowed to talk about it. There's like too many rules. Um, whereas like, yeah, Australia, it doesn't really feel like that. 
that. Like it's more like, oh, let's make a mistake and then be like, oh, okay, let's do (laughs) do that. Um, But there is, I think here though, one thing I have noticed is I feel like there's a bit of sexism in some ways that's more, I think more apparent here. And like obviously definitely not said at work. Yeah. There is racism here. Like it obviously happens, but I do think it's just like the general undertones don't feel as strong here or like it does I feel like the day doesn't feel like there's an undertone like, yeah it just yeah I don't think about it that much yeah yeah that's it I don't think about myself as other here yeah. even though I'm technically not actually from here whereas I always thought about myself as other in Canada but maybe that is also just because that's where I was yeah. from I don't know I don't know like, even in general like I don't even like think of myself as Canadian here not that I don't but like I don't remember that like I'm not always like oh yeah. but I'm Canadian not Australian like I don't feel like that's mm-hmm. even a big thing like I don't feel like a foreigner I guess yeah mm. what about you Shadi? I mean I've been here for two years I'm still on a that's temporary visa. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely don't feel like the other but also, I think yeah. I'm surrounded by pretty like amazing people, yeah. like yeah. friends who are from all from all over the world, and also even my Australian friends here are just so lovely and open-minded, and they're yeah. always, you know, they're just so accepting. And I think maybe it is, maybe there is also a shift. I don't know if it was like this ten years ago, twenty years ago, I was right? That too, yeah. yeah. But I think there are just so many people here, and I think it's it's kind of the norm that you are going to have a lot of people from everywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's just more acceptance. Oh, I was just going to say, I recorded like a voicemail greeting for work recently. And then someone was like, you sound so Canadian in that recording. And then I was like, oh, I kind of forget that I even have an accent. Like that's the thing where I almost feel like, yeah. I wonder if an Aussie in Canada would feel the same or they're always reminded that they're Australian more so. Like that's, I feel like in Canada, mm-hmm. you're always reminded of what you are or like you're always having to think about it. Whereas here, yeah, you just are here. <laughs> True. I yeah I do wonder like if how much things have really changed like back in Canada and mm-hmm. what would the experience be like now growing up and like because there's because yeah because of Instagram and because like there's so many different kinds of people in pop culture now to look up to and like I wonder if that was just of the time like the experience that, that I had at least I, it's definitely a different time because I see it with my niece growing up mm-hmm. um, and I think she's growing up in Newmarket, which is actually, I would say, predominantly white neighborhood. But I think she still has a lot of friends and she's always exposed to, and she's first generation, right? Because she was born in Canada. Mm-hmm. But I think for her, it's definitely like growing up in this time, I think is absolutely going to be different because now she mm-hmm. has access to like, you know, the internet and she's watching things on TV and there's just a lot, there's yeah. a lot more diversity. So I think there de- yeah. there's definitely going to be a lot more acceptance. Yeah. It's about time. <laughs> That's what I feel like. Me too. I had to move across the world to get in. <laughs> well, I'm glad I did. <laughs> it's such a good place. Um, do you guys have anything else that you want to say? Or? Um, no, no. I think that's it. I think we've covered it. Yeah. It's just nice. And like for anyone who's listening, like if you ever feel this place or felt like you haven't quite belong, I just feel like there's always a place for you. And it's not just that you will always feel like that's just you and you'll feel like that. I do 
actually think you can go somewhere else and feel differently. <laughs> and I, I just thought that that was my, me and who I was. But when I went to other places like Costa Rica or Australia, I realized that that wasn't true at all. And that I just needed to change like the environment that I was in. And then I, and then I could just be myself and I wouldn't even have to ever think about this stuff. And yeah, it's just given me so much peace of mind. I think that's so true. I think, yeah, just remember your home is, your home can be where you feel like you're you. <laughs> it doesn't have to be where you're born or anything. Very true. And you find your family there too. <laughs> you found family, yeah. Yes, definitely. Okay, well, I hope you guys have a lovely sunny day and stay warm. And I will talk to you later. Okay. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Have fun at brunch. Let us know everything that happens. <laughs> okay. Well, bye. We'll edit this part. Bye. <laughs> okay. Bye. Or not. <laughs> and now it's time for the woo woo part of the podcast. One of the things that I wanted to leave as a positive suggestion with all of this kind of stuff is um, in quarantine mode, I've been watching the two TV shows, The Fosters and Good Trouble, which I had never even really heard of before. Um, and I think they're like Disney shows or ABC Family or something like that. And they're both like, okay, so The Fosters is, is these uh, lesbian couple who foster all these kids and like have adopted a bunch of them. And I think they've got like five kids or something. Um, and they're from all different races and backgrounds. And it's just like, I loved it. I watched all five seasons in like two weeks or something like that. Like I just went crazy. Um, and kept telling me to watch all of them too. Yeah. And it's just like, for me, I was like, this is exactly what I want the world to be like um, the way that they portray it in this show. It's like, that's how I want. I'd love people to see mm. each other and like, yeah, just everything to work. And then um, the next show, Good Trouble, is like the follow-up from that show. So two of the girls from that show who are awesome, they basically graduate from uni and then they started this new show, Good Trouble. And so it's the girls after they finish uni in uh, LA, like starting to live life. And it's just fun. It's like fun and girly and they one of them's a lawyer and one of them it works for kind of like a facebook type um software company and it also again is like i love like they're of different ethnicities and their boyfriends and love interests are of different ethnicities and like it's never talked about it's just normal it's like totally normal and i think the more that we watch that kind of stuff the more normal it will be and you won't even think about it it's just second nature and so yeah i think it's fun. It's like super happy and it's like my guilty pleasure. And I think everyone should watch it if you haven't. <laughs> I still have to watch it. I started The Fosters and it's nice. It's a very, I feel like it's a good quarantine show too. It's just like it's very comforting, very wholesome. Yeah. Oh, but also super dramatic. And every episode ends on a cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so good. Which is exactly what you want from a binging yeah. show. <laughs> uh, okay. So, and then let's finish it off with our beautiful mantra. Just spread some okay. nice light energy.